Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is on the Spiritualist. This is part of our class overview series covering all the classes available to players, and right now we're on the occult classes. Becoming a Spiritualist is not a calling. It's a phenomenon. When a creature dies, its spirit flees its body and begins the next stage of its existence. Debilitating emotional attachments during life and other psychic corruptions cause some spirits to drift into the ethereal plane and descend toward the negative energy plane. Some of these spirits are able to escape the pull of undeath and make their way back to the material plane, seeking refuge in a psychically attuned mind. Such a fusing of consciousness creates a spiritualist, the master of a single powerful phantom whom the spiritualist can manifest to do her bidding. Okay, right off the bat, Paisa's got a leg down on me. Why doesn't the spiritualist have a spirit? Why do they have a phantom? <laughs> so fast am I not liking this class. <laughs> <laughs> Just because the naming convention, I'm out. Did, did they jump the gun with Shaman? And since the Shaman <laughs> uses spirits, they couldn't call this a spirit? I guess so. This is the last of the occult classes, the last of our psychic quote-unquote classes. The Spiritualist is the occult pet class. It is the only one that gets a kind of a buddy, a companion, similar to an animal companion. Or actually, in this case, much closer to an Eidolon of the Summoner. What we're going to be finding is that it acts a lot like an Eidolon. It has its own unique properties, but it's almost like a nerfed version of an Eidolon. But it does a lot of extra things, too. I'm surprised you would say that. I actually thought of it more as an animal companion because it just automatically gets things. I don't really get to choose. That's true. There isn't much choices to make in regards to your phantom. I almost called it a spirit. Whoopsie. My mistake. Don't do it, Christian. <laughs> My mistake. Careful. The spiritualist does anything involving spirits. We're starting this off on the right foot. Why didn't they Boy, call it the phantomist? <laughs> Why don't we jump into the phantom zone and start talking about this guy? <laughs> there was no alignment restriction for the spiritualist. Are we going to be making Danny phantom jokes? Is that what this episode's going to become? Christian, do you think that was a Danny phantom joke? <laughs> it could be. Christian, it was a... Oh my goodness, it was a Superman joke. Okay, I believe you. Christian! What? Come on! It's like, you know, Superman can't kill people, so his default thing is... I'll send them to the Phantom Zone where they can't escape. Come on! I'm sorry I wasn't alive in 1960s during the golden ages of Do comic books. Do you think books. I was? <laughs> Apparently. Is that a prerequisite for watching it? It's fine. It's actually a very bad movie. Ha. Huh. Come at me, internet. <laughs> exactly. Like, DC. Come on, Caleb. Come at me. The Spiritualist gets a D8 hit die. They get four plus their int modifier skill points per level. They have a relatively small list of class skills. Those class skills include Bluff, Fly, Heal, Intimidate, All Knowledges, which is pretty rare, Linguistics, Sense Motive, Spellcraft, and Use Magic Device. Makes sense. They have three-fourths of a BAB progression. They have two good saving throws, Fortitude and Will, and they have a bad Reflex saving throw, which is a very good spread. They have Psychic Casting, they are Spontaneous Casters, they are Wisdom-based, and they can cast spells up to 6th level eventually. The Spiritualist scales off of wisdom directly with their spells. They have some other class abilities that also scale off of their wisdom modifier. They are proficient with all simple weapons, kukris, saps, and scythes, as well as with light armor. Why kukris? We see that once in a while. I, it's a really weird list. I don't understand why they get kukris, saps, and scythes. I mean, but the kukris are good. They have a 18 to 20 crit range, which is always really strong. They just throw size in there. I understand that's a fantasy and that having a scythe as someone with a spooky ghost is a really cool thing, but it's just kind of random. Like, why not throw a couple more weapons in there? 
Yeah, I don't know. I like the scythe, but yeah, the others are interesting. The light armor is also interesting. As we know, psychic spells don't have any kind of arcane failure chance, so they could end up picking heavier armors later. So at level one, the very first thing we're going to talk about is the phantom itself. I'm going to read a little bit from the phantom block. A spiritualist begins play with the aid of a powerful and versatile spirit entity called a phantom. Okay, so now the phantom is a spirit entity. Sure, whatever. The phantom forms a link with the spiritualist who forever after... <laughs> so, you're so caught up in this. No, it's okay. The phantom's a spirit. They can just call it that. Wow. Wait, Christian, is this what it's like listening to me get mad at, like, the bard for no reason? Probably. Is this what, I, is this what I've been doing to our listeners? Are you saying this isn't a good reason? <laughs> this is an excellent reason to be upset. I can think of nothing else more pressing in my life than calling a phantom a spirit. <laughs> when you say all jackdaws are crows, when you're saying all phantoms are spirits... The phantom forms a link with the spiritualist who forever after can either harbor the creature within their consciousness or manifest it as an ectoplasmic or incorporeal entity. So there are three forms your spirit can exist in. It can be inside of your consciousness, and we're going to be learning more about each of these forms as we get to the class abilities that interact with them. Your spirit can be partially manifested, kind of manifested with you, almost like the synthesis summoner, and the phantom could be fully manifested, which means it is outside your head, it is existing as a real thing, either in an ectoplasmic form, which is a physical form that can interact with the world, or an incorporeal form, which means it's basically a ghost, it can fly through walls, it can do all the cool things ghosts can do. A couple stipulations from the phantom text here. The phantom must be the same alignment as the spiritualist. A fully manifested phantom can use magic items, but it cannot wear armor and it cannot wield weapons. You got a whole table similar to the animal companion table that determines the stats and the BAB and the saves of your phantom based on the overall kind of archetype you choose for it. For some reason, phantoms and Elons are super jealous creatures. And you can't have both at the same time, and canonically, that is because they're Sundere, and they don't want to admit they like each other. <laughs> it's not that they hate each other, they actually truly do like each other, and they're like, don't, I don't want to be in the same room, Baka! Uh, I'm going back to the ethereal plane, Baka! It's not like I care about you or anything. <laughs> it takes one minute to fully manifest your spirit, so it's going to be chilling out in your consciousness. Uh, similar to the Edelon, you have a full minute ritual you have to do to fully manifest it. That's a tough one, because summoning, like, some monster spells take a full round. Your animal companion's usually always there. To have to spend a full minute, that means if you're ambushed, you have to use other options if it's not already manifested. Unless you want to spend ten rounds, which no one does. Yeah, so if you plan on using your phantom in combat as a combat friend, you better have it fully manifested. I don't think there's any restriction on how long it can be fully manifested throughout the day. It can actually just chill in that form as long as you want. When you first get your phantom, you do have to pick what is called an emotional focus that determines its stats and its abilities. So you pick something like hatred, fear, lust. These are all different emotions that the phantom can be based in and confer different things. The example I'm going to be using is hatred. Hatred is a more dex-based spirit. It gets sneak attacks, it gets weapon finesse, it kind of gets the idea of a favored enemy. It can, it can designate someone as a hated enemy and it gets a big bonus to attacking them. Another example would be fear. Fear is a kind of debuff-focused phantom that kind of scares your enemies and spooks them. So here's really the customization. It happens once, it's a character creation, I pick their motion, which their game mechanics. They have what you can put them into as classifications, like there are some that are focused on attacking, like hatred and anger. 
There are some that are focused on debuffing, like fear. There are some that are focused on buffing your allies, and there are some that are focused on kind of defending you and your allies, giving them bonuses to their defenses. So to list the few emotional focuses you can choose from the occult book, there is anger, dedication, despair, fear, hatred, jealousy, and zeal. We're going to be doing an extra credit where we're going to go over each of the phantom types and exactly what they get when they level up. But for now, we'll just give you that list. So we're still on level one. We've gotten our phantom. It can be in our brain. It can be fully manifested. When it's fully manifested, you have to pick one of two forms for it to be. One is ectoplasmic, which makes it weak to ghost busters. <laughs> and then one is, no, ectoplasmic, which allows it to interact with the physical world. It can attack corporal things, and it can kind of phase through walls, leaving behind gross mucus that disappears after a while. Thank you for adding that last part. Delicious Iso. mucus that they don't specify, but it is delicious. Uh, and corporeal is the other option where you can only attack corporal things or deliver touch spells, which is really cool because that includes, you know, melee touch spells that you get to cast through the phantom, even if it's at a distance away. Yeah, the incorporeal one, that one bit is important that it can only attack other incorporeal things. A lot of ghosts can touch you in the real world and give you a spook. This one cannot do that unless it's delivering a touch spell. I'm going to deliver a spook spell. <laughs> I activate 1d4 spooky. <laughs> so we know what the phantom's going to be doing when it's manifested. That's kind of clearly laid out for us, but what's the benefit of having it in our consciousness? Well, that's the other ability we get at level one, and that's called shared consciousness. When the spirit is in your consciousness, you get the skill focus feat in two different skills depending on the spirit. So to give an example, hatred gives you a bonus to perception and acrobatics. I don't know, you really need to perceive the things you hate them. You can see them so clearly, you hate them so much. <laughs> and you just want to jump at them. Fear gives you the intimidate and the stealth skill focuses, which I really like that one because you intimidate people to scare them, and then when you are scared, you hide. I think that one's like right on the nose. Also, while the phantom is in your brain, you get a plus four bonus on saves against all mind-affecting effects, which increases to plus eight at level 12. That is insane. That might as well read you are immune to mind-affecting effects. You already have a high wisdom score because you're a wisdom-based class. You have a good will save, and now you're getting this plus four untyped bonus on top of that. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. It makes sense. There's one more ability. If you, as a spiritualist, would fail a saving throw against a mind-affecting effects, you can shunt that effect to your spirit. You don't suffer any ill effects, but during the time that the phantom in your brain is being affected by that spell, you don't get any of the bonuses of this. You don't get skill focus. You don't get the bonus to mind-affecting effects. To me, throw everything else away. That's the coolest part of having it in your consciousness. I think the skill focus helps a lot. You're only getting four skill points a level, and you have a relatively small list of class skills. This is giving you more of a versatility with your skills. No, sure, they're all good. Good and even powerful, but this is really, really flavorful. I really like this. This is cool. Oh, yeah, that's one. It's a unique effect. It's a very powerful effect. The next thing we get is Etheric Tether. You can sacrifice hit points to keep your phantom from being dismissed. If you really wanted to stay in school even after the bell, you just got to hurt yourself a little bit. Your phantom <laughs> is, is not the message we want to give our <laughs> any students out there. 
Kids just hurt your... Well, listen, staying in school longer than you have to is hurting yourself. I think we can all agree. If your phantom is incorporeal, it cannot be further than 50 feet away from you. If it's ectoplasmic, it can go up to 100 feet away, but you need to concentrate. It can only leave line of effect from you for one round per level. So that last bit is really important. There was actually a lot of stink about the spiritualist during the playtest that you kind of had this insane ghost scout and the GM could no longer, like, put things behind walls and nothing would be secret from you. The world is the spiritualist oyster. Hey, ghost, what's on the other side of that wall? Oh, it's just the cultists having a secret meeting, doing a chant. There's one over there. There's one 10 feet from the door and there's one over there. Okay, thanks, ghost. I want to make something clear because I think I may have insinuated something that's not true. If it's ectoplasmic, it still can be 50 feet away from you without concentrating, but beyond 50, up to 100, you need to concentrate. This is solely an ability that limits your ghost from effectively scouting. I think it's kind of needed, though. Now, this means that you have to be kind of close to combat. If you have a combat phantom, it can't go further than 50 feet from you. In a single charge action, something that moves 30 feet can move 60 feet, so you kind of have to be in the mix of things, which is going to be dangerous if you're wearing light armor. Yeah, I'm, I'm already feeling this with that. I made a spiritualist recently. I was already like, oh, this is not great. I'm level 12. I have 23 AC. I have to be in the middle of things. I need, I need to rethink this. But that's it for level one, which means, Christian, at level one, do you feel like you already have your class identity? Definitely. On top of this, we're also starting with our spell casting. We have the level one spells from our list. I mean, I think the Phantom is really what I'm looking for from this class. We have the full Phantom suite at the moment, which sounds like a really cool room in a hotel that I want to rent out next time. <laughs> the Phantom suite? Ooh. <laughs> there's nothing in here. Oh, no, it's all ghost stuff. No, there's no bed. You're just saying that there's a ghost bed, but there's no bed. Well, maybe if you could see invisibility, you'd be cool. And I'm, I'm touching it's not here. What's well, incorporeal? It's not ectoplasmic. <laughs> That's the ectoplasmic suite. <laughs> That's not what you asked for. You asked for the spirit room. It's very different than the Phantom room. I agree that we have our class identity. We don't yet have the ability to partially manifest, which is the last kind of part that really fills in the class identity, in my opinion. But I think we got enough of it. One thing we didn't mention that I do want to mention real quick is that the ectoplasmic form gets DR5 slashing. So slashing damage overcomes your DR. But granted, you're fighting people with maces or bows. It has pretty competent DR. So on to level two, we get our next ability called Bonded Senses. This kind of a staple of most pet classes is a standard action. You can share all the senses with your spirit, touch, taste, feel. I don't know if I want to feel or taste whatever spirit tastes, but I guess that's <laughs> okay. Uh, you can do this for a number of rounds per day equal to your class level. I've always wondered this. Do you take actions with your body when you do this? I think you do, but you're considered like blinded. I've yet to find like rules that state that outright. Or do you just like collapse on the ground? And you're just there in ragdoll. It'd be weird to me that I'd see out of my eyes and its and feel out of my fingers and its. But I don't know, maybe. Well, that's basic, like you said, to companions. So level three, we get a new ability called Bonded Manifestation. It's a swift action. You can partially manifest your phantom, getting some benefits while it's still effectively in your consciousness. So you could do this for three rounds plus your spiritualist level per day. And you have to pick, like with the fully manifested form, ectoplasmic or incorporeal. If it's ectoplasmic, you get a plus four shield bonus to your AC. At eighth level, you get two tentacles that can make attacks or grab things as swift action. This sounds cool. I still don't know if I really want to be a grappling build uh, <laughs> as a caster, but okay. At 13th level, this uh, gives you a plus six armor bonus to your AC. Nice. And at 18th level, you can attack all enemies in reach, rolling twice and taking the better result. Nice. 
I think it's a four-round action to do that. Oh, to note, the bonuses to your AC do apply against attacks from incorporeal creatures, which I think is a nice little touch. If you partially manifest it incorporeal, you get a 20% concealment against ranged attacks. At 8th level, all of your attacks are treated as if they had a ghost touch property. Do spells already affect ghosts? They don't. You add, There is metamagic for that. I kind of wish that it did say that your spells are treated as if having the ectoplasmic metamagic, but unfortunately, no. Mm. Effectively, magic is half effective against incorporeal creatures. At 13th level, you can take a standard action and become invisible until the start of your next turn. And at 18th level, you gain the incorporeal subtype and gain a fly speed of 30 feet good. That's cool. The 13th level one's kind of underwhelming. Invisibility for one round at 13th level. I can get items and cast spells that are better than that. Yeah. I think the ectoplasmic is the real neater of the two. The whole tentacle thing is just a really cool visual effect. It's actually a really interesting mechanical effect because it states that it can just attack as a swift action. So your tentacles can attack, you can attack. It kind of opens up you being a melee attacker kind of build. It's difficult having D8 hit die and only 3 force BAB, but if your phantom isn't fully manifested, which is kind of your combat-centric piece of it, you can definitely get into the fray and do a bit of damage. What action is it to partially manifest it? Say I had to be in combat because I had a fully manifested phantom and I was going to die, so I'm like, oh no, I need armor. I want to partially manifest it, ectoplasmic. What's that action? That is a swift action. Nice, perfect. That's exactly what we need to be. So a plus four shield bonus to your AC is nothing to scoff at. You don't have shield proficiencies, so you're probably not wearing one already. And now you can have a shield bonus and hold a two-handed weapon, a.k.a. your scythe. The, the incorporeal one is a little underwhelming to me. 20% concealment against range attacks is pretty good. The ghost touch and the invisibility are, are kind of underwhelming. And at 18th level seems kind of late. I guess the incorporeal subtype is super strong and getting it as a person is kind of busted. But it is rather late in the game. Yeah, I definitely see these as sort of a utility, not something you're going to be running around with active on you for a long time. So other than Bonded Manifestation, the Phantom and you kind of get another ability at this level, which is the Deliver Touch Spells ability. Now, a lot of animal companions and familiars have this ability. It operates a little bit differently with the Phantom. It specifies that as long as the Phantom is fully manifested and in your sight, you can see each other, and within 30 feet of you, when you cast a touch spell, the Phantom may deliver that touch spell with a touch attack as an immediate action. And then at 12th level, this extends to 50 feet. And this, to me, would be absolutely class-defining if it wasn't for the problem that the Spiritualist spell list is absolutely terrible for offensive <laughs> touch spells. This is Magus all over again. They have this really cool ability that focuses on touch spells, and they gave them almost no touch spells in their list. I was going through it, and there's three that I think are worth casting. Stricken Heart, because it's a touch attack that makes them staggered without a save. Ghoul Touch, because it paralyzes whoever you touch with a fortitude save to resist. And Bestow Curse is always very powerful as a debuff spell. Ghoul Touch in particular is really broken, because if I'm reading this correctly, the Phantom can touch as an immediate action, and then it still has its whole turn, so if it paralyzes someone, it can then coup de gras them, because it still has a full round action to do that. They also have Shadow Evocation on their spell list at level 5, which is an illusion spell that allows you to cast really any evocation spell, but it's an illusion and they can disbelieve it. And I don't know if that works with this, if I Shadow Evocation and make it a touch evocation spell, am I allowed to deliver it through my Phantom? I'm honestly unsure. 
I agree with you. This does seem really, really cool, but it sucks when you realize that there's not that many things you can do with it. Do you get, like, uh, heal spells? Maybe you could heal your allies? Yes, that's the other half of this. The Spiritualist actually has a lot of good buff spells. You have Cure Wounds, you got Heroism, you have a lot of things that you can deliver that help your allies through touch, so if you wanted to be more of a buffing style caster, you can definitely do that with this. And I just really personally like the visual of an incorporeal phantom flying around, touching your enemies, delivering the spells for you through your magic. I was just so disappointed when I was looking through the spell list. So this is an immediate action for the phantom. So that means on my turn, I say, I want to cast heroism, my friend, 30 feet away, standing next to my phantom. Phantom casts it on my turn as its immediate action. No, no, no. I cast the spell as my standard action. As an immediate action, wherever the phantom is, as long as there's someone within reach that's an eligible target, he can make a touch attack against them. He's not casting it, he's just making a quick attack to deliver the effects of the spell. And if that's an ally, they can just automatically succeed, is that correct? For the most part, yes. Pretty neat. Gives you gives you some strategy of where you place your phantom in battle. But what does it's a little bit better than a reach meta magic rod, but a reach meta magic rod is really accomplishing the same thing. When you don't have to buy a rod, especially an expensive rod. But yeah, I get you. Well, let's move on to the next level, level four. We're getting spiritual interference. I thought they said interface. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hacking the ethereal plane. Enhance. <laughs> I've hacked into their database. There's four guards. <laughs> Clockwork gear. While within 30 feet of your manifested phantom, I guess your fully manifested phantom, you gain the following benefits. If it's ectoplasmic, you're going to get a plus two shield bonus to your AC and a plus two circumstance bonus to all your saves. If it's incorporeal, you're going to gain a plus two circumstance bonus and two saves against mind affecting effects, making you even better at that. What you asked is an important question that I don't know the answer to. It says the manifested phantom it doesn't say the fully manifested phantom from the words of bonded manifestation it says that you are partially manifesting them they are partially in your conscious and they are partially manifested i think they stack i believe they both go with spiritual interference because it says within reach it makes me assume it has to be fully manifested but that's one of those things that's up in the air it seems to be a theme with some of our occult classes that there are some things that we're unsure of that were never really ruled on but either way it's getting you some of the bonuses that you usually have while the spirit is either partially manifested or in your brain, while it is fully manifested. So you're not fully losing out on those benefits when it's walking around doing its thing. At level five, next class ability called Detect Undead. You gain Detect Undead as a spell-like ability. Um, hooray, I guess? <laughs> I mean, wands are a thing, but whatever. I mean, this is already a level one spell on our list that I could cast from level one, but I guess I can get it as a level five class ability. I'm not upset about that. I mean, it's, it's definitely very flavorful, being this occult class, the spiritualist communing with the dead. I think it would be pretty self-explanatory that I have the innate ability to detect undead. I feel a ghost nearby. Dude, it's just me. Another ghost. You're a phantom. <laughs> All right, get it? I detect a different spirit. All right, listen, there's a lot of synonyms in this profession, okay, phantom? But I get you. Not very powerful, but I think flavorful. At least it's at will, so it is giving me something that I can't say other people can do. Yeah, I can have a wand, but I could literally do this all day. I'm detecting spirits all day. <laughs> so at level six, we're getting our next ability called Phantom Recall, which honestly sounds like a bad Bruce Willis movie. As a immediate <laughs> action, you could call your phantom back to they your side. They thought I wasn't going to call them back, but they were wrong. <laughs> but I did it from an unmarked payphone. Phantom Recall. 
Coming this summer. You have my child. She's not even your child, but I like her. Where are you going with this? I don't know. This is improv. <laughs> you're doing a thing where you're fake yelling. I know. It sounds really weird. Get over it. <laughs> Phantom Recall. This summer. I can't believe they got Gary Oldman to be the ghost. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Gary Busey. <laughs> wow, that's a throwback. <laughs> if by ghost you mean garishly hostile, <laughs> occult sensitive tremors. <laughs> Bravo, Caleb. That, that was excellent. All right. Why don't we actually tell our <laughs> listeners what you know, this is Phantom Recall? Is. <laughs> All right. Level seven. We get it's into on it. Netflix now. <laughs> streaming. As a swift or immediate action, that's both, that's really cool, you can call back your phantom to your side as Dimension Door or pull it back into your consciousness. When you pull it back into your consciousness- Ring, 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 Christian, you have a phone call. Uh, you should probably pick that up. Let me, let me, where's my phone? Um, beep, beep, beep. Hello, this is Gary Busey. I'm saying who I am because I can't do an impersonation of him. Gary Busey? I have your phantom. No. And you'll never get him back. Unless you call me from at least five phones. You have nothing you can do to recall him, can you? <laughs> Wait, recall him? Phantom recall. What? Where'd he go? No! Foiled again, Bruce Willis, as played by Christian. <laughs> I also Phantom can't recall. do an impersonation of Bruce Willis. This summer. <laughs> when you suck the ghost back into your brain, you could spend an extra round of bonded manifestation to activate bonded manifestation when it comes back into you. You can use this once a day and then an additional time per day every four levels thereafter. Ring, 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 ring. Ring, 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 no, ring. Not again. Hello? Hello, this is Gary Busey again. I just wanted to remind you who I'm impersonating. Uh, <laughs> Gary Busey, it's me, again. Bruce Willis. <laughs> Why are you calling I've, me? I've stolen your phantom again, and I know you can recall him, but I'm going to keep doing it. I can keep this up all day. How long can you? Oh, man. I'm guessing only four. I have to wait till tomorrow until I can phantom recall. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Busey, why are you doing this? <laughs> because no one's buying my Buseyisms. They're saying they're just acronyms. They're Buseyisms. <laughs> they're Buseyisms. <laughs> so this is... This is cool. So when your phantom is in danger, you can just bring it right back to you. Either right back to your side, in which case you're going to benefit from its abilities that operate with close to you, or back into your brain, and now you got tendrils coming out of your back, or now you're incorporeal. Really cool. Ring, 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 ring. Oh, no. I really ring, should ring, ring, get ring. caller ID. I have no idea who this is. Hello, who is this? This is Hello, Bruce Willis. I understand, I understand you're producing Phantom Recall. <laughs> I'm calling on behalf of... Nick Cage? Whoa! Look who else is in the movie! <laughs> He's interested and he wants to be in the show! Of course he is. <laughs> He's played a phantom before. He's been the ghost rider. Let's not bring that up. Let's not put that as a tagline for Nick Cage. <laughs> I went to see the third one or the second one in theaters. I think it was the third one. Wait, there's, th there's there three ghost rider movies? I think there's three. With Nick I Cage? Remember. I'm Maybe Googling it. Two. I, I can't the believe The point this. is, I went to see one of the sequels. I had a free 3D ticket, so I went to see it in 3D. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. I like took off the glasses halfway through. There was almost no 3D. It's like, oh, wait, that cliff behind him is just a little bit farther back. It's not farther back that when I take off the glasses, it doesn't look blurry. What's happening anymore? <laughs> 
I thought you were gonna say there was too much 3D. It was like in your face. It's like it's like I was too close to Nick Cage. Like Nick Cage was like right here. Nick Cage went full Nick Cage in that movie. I just want to let you know he embraced it. Everyone else knew it was a bad movie. He didn't. There was at least one cool scene where whenever the Ghost Rider gets on a vehicle, he can kind of transform it. You see it with the bike. You see it with a horse. He did it with a giant excavating drill the size of a freaking skyscraper. That was amazing. <laughs> Sounds like it was really just an anime to me. I mean, he took a rocket launcher to the face and still like, oh, I'm going to kill you. He's pretty cool. <laughs> Let's get off of this ability before we get another phone call. Let's <laughs> move on to level I silenced seven. my phone finally. Oh, as, as the movie asked me to, because now I'm watching Phantom Recall. <laughs> level seven, we get a new phantom ability, which is typically an aura of some kind. For example, hatred is going to get a hateful aura, damaging people who damage the phantom or the spiritualist. That's pretty cool. So that's what the Phantom gets. The Spiritualist is going to get Calm Spirit. Once per day, you can cast the Calm Spirit spell as a spell-like ability, and then you gain an additional casting of this every four levels thereafter. Okay, but is this really a class ability? Calm Spirit was already on my spell list, and you know what? It's a level two spell. I could literally cast Calm Spirit from level four onward. What? Why? I understand it's got the word spirit in it, but did I really need this class ability? Is this really even a class ability? There's one thing I can say, and in my opinion, it's actually a pretty big thing in its favor, and same with Detect Undead. Your number of spells known per day is very small, and I'm very happy to have that spell open and still be able to cast Calm Spirit. I don't like it. So the, the, <laughs> the next thing we're getting at level 9 is, oh no, oh no, it's Sea Invisibility. You get the spell C invisibility once per day as a spell-like ability that lasts 10 minutes. What is this? Stop it! This is also a level 2 spell! I could cast this 5 levels ago! I could just buy a wand! This isn't, this isn't a class ability! I still think it's fine. I want the spell slots. When I was picking the spells for my caster, I had to keep saying, no, I can't pick this many because I had so few spells per day, even though I, I had a high score. Having the ability to see invisibility and not have to pick it as a spell is pretty good. Yeah, for 10 minutes. You, you know how long see invisibility lasts? 10 minutes per level. That means if I cast it at level 4, it would last 40 minutes. Okay. All right. Well, it's not and well, I'm, level, I'm level 9 now. I'm trying to find the good Christian. There's not a lot here. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> you, if I cast it at level 9? Ring, 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 ring. Oh, wait. Hang on, Caleb. I'm getting a I'm getting a call. Hello? Yeah, sure, go ahead. Hi, uh, we, we we have a problem here on the set. We can't shoot anymore. We could shoot for 10 minutes, then we couldn't see anybody anymore. <laughs> How are we supposed to film this movie? <laughs> Did you try getting a wand of sea invisibility? Oh, great idea. Uh, is that going to be in the budget? Because we're already running pretty tight here. Gary Busey and Nick Cage were not cheap. Well, to be honest, <laughs> Gary Busey was pretty cheap. <laughs> oh, man. Don't, don't let Gary Busey hear this episode. Oh, no, no, no. You understand. Cheap means uh, chilling, <laughs> heartful, exciting, and I forgot what I'm spelling. Chilling, right? <laughs> yeah. Chilling? Cheap. C -H -I cheap. What? Cheap? Oh, C-H-E-A-P. Phantom. Precious. <laughs> he's very, he's very ch cheap in that case. Cheap where the E stands for expensive. <laughs> All right, but it's a spell-like ability, I guess. Cool, whatever. I'm already a spellcaster. I'm not upset about it. I'm not upset that it's a phantom and not a spirit. Christian was so upset I was going to cover these, but he goes, no, 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 let me do it. Let me. <laughs> you always get to yell, Caleb. It's my turn. <laughs> I want to know what it's like. I feel empowered. His notes also got worse. First, they were italicized, and then the second time it was bolded. <laughs> 
Level 10, we're going to get Fused Consciousness. You always benefit from bonded senses when your phantom is manifested. You retain your bonuses to skills and saves even when he's manifested. And you can shunt failed willed saves to your manifested phantom, but it forces them back to your consciousness. This is a pure upgrade to that ability. This is the next step I would want to go with it. I don't know if constantly benefiting from bonded senses is really a benefit is it uh, i'm always feeling the feelings of this spiteful hateful phantom <laughs> and when it goes through walls i can feel that i don't know maybe not a benefit i think this <laughs> does mean though this has got to be the ruling that i can see and act with my own body yeah you're not permanently <laughs> just... level 10 you lose control of your character <laughs> But I, li- I like this theme of rather than becoming stronger in, you know, just numbers sort of ways, you're coming stronger in that you could do what you normally do in more ways. Like you could normally couldn't benefit from these while you were manifested. When you were manifesting your phantom, you were losing a lot of the abilities of your class. And now that's not the case. So then we're going to move on to level 12. We're going to get greater spiritual influence. Allies that are close to your manifested phantom gain a bonus depending on which form it is currently in. As long as your allies are within reach of your ectoplasmic phantom, they gain a plus two shield bonus to their AC and a plus two circumstance bonus to their saving throws. For the spiritualist, these increase to a plus four. If the phantom is incorporeal, allies within its reach gain a plus two bonus on saving throws against mind affecting effects. And again, for the spiritualist, this is a plus four. Really cool. I like the idea of he's a moving buff train. He's got a little aura that helps you out. Yeah, this really completes the suite of your spirit being a buffer or an aider. You can have a spirit that's whole objective is to make your allies, you and your allies, stronger. And, you know, we need something to make this different than other companion classes. This is definitely something that I don't think the Eidolon can do, and it's not something that I think any really animal companion can do. This is something very defining. A level 12, your spirit is also going to get a new ability. For example, if you have the Hatred, Emotional Focus, it will get 3d6 damage sneak attack. Which that one, I particularly like the Phantom being a flanking buddy with you or your allies is a really cool concept. Mm-hmm. Just teamwork feet greater flanking oh my goodness <laughs> your your phantom can just straight up take feats it has the stats necessary to take feats that require intellect so you can definitely take teamwork feats with your phantom oh hey didn't see you there my friend christian and i were just cooking up some burgers and having cookout getting ready to set off some fireworks hey caleb do you think these guys would be interested in joining us you know i bet they would i mean if they listen to pathfinder academy they gotta be cool right If role-playing games are your thing, why don't you guys check out our other podcast, Trailblazers? Trailblazers is an actual play podcast where you can see many of the concepts addressed in this show come to life. Season 2 of Trailblazers has been great so far, and I especially like that you can get into it without any prior knowledge of Season 1. It's definitely a fun adventure, especially if you like mysteries and a dash of cyberpunk with your fantasy. If high fantasy is more your style, then consider giving Season 1 a listen. You can find Trailblazers on iTunes. We've got a bunch of other ways to listen as well, so go to our site tblazer.net for a complete list of the ways that you can listen. So go ahead, get yourself a hot dog off the grill, set up a lawn chair, grab some dice, and join us. All right, Christian, light them up! Man, it's so hard to believe that back in 1996, we managed to defeat all those aliens. Caleb, are you, are you talking about the movie Independence Day? You know that wasn't a documentary, right? Oh, you. Always making jokes.
So at level 14, we're going to get a new ability called Spiritual Bond. If hit point damage would bring the Spiritualist below zero hit points, that damage is taken by the Phantom instead, granted it has the hit points to do so. I find it interesting that this ability seems to be compulsory and not an option as far as I can tell. But if you went unconscious, your Phantom would go away anyway, so I guess this is overall just a benefit. It's pretty cool, and this is also something we see with the Summoner. We get a new ability at level 16 called Call Spirit. You can cast oh, no. Call Spirit once... Do you want to cover this one, Christian? No, no go keep going. Once a day as a spell-like ability. <sighs> Let me find something to yell into. <laughs> I could only cast this from level 13. This is three levels later. That's okay, I guess. It has the word what? spirit in it. It's a class ability, the spiritualist. That's cool. I like it. It's good. <laughs> oh, yeah, Christian, because I really want to waste the three level five spells I can have. Um, This. Or you could buy a scroll. Or I could just have it without having to waste anything. Christian, appreciate what you get. I don't. I will not. I am... <laughs> I am the greedy emotional focus. I want it to be more. I want it to be powerful. So level 17, we're getting our next ability, and it's called Dual Bond. You can use Bonded Manifestation three plus twice your spiritualist level rounds per day. So kind of doubling, roughly, the number of rounds per day. You can use Bonded Manifestation, which is definitely one of your strongest abilities. And your spirit gets a... A spirit gets another ability. For example, Hatred will get Shared Hatred, which will confer some of its bonuses to its hated enemies to your allies. So now we're level 20. We've been recalling our phantom. We've been getting calls on the phone. We've been calling spirits. We've been doing a bunch of stuff with the word spirit in it, despite the fact it's a phantom. Gary Busey made a cool cameo. <laughs> we're going to get the ability Empowered Consciousness. While the phantom is in your consciousness, you are immune to mind-affecting effects and all spells involving possession. So my phantom gets all this cool stuff it can do, and my capstone is I get benefits when I hide it away and sequester it in my mind? Where's my capstone, Caleb? This isn't a capstone. You don't think it's cool to be immune to mind-affecting effects? You are already effectively immune. You have a plus eight on all saves against mind-affecting effects. That is immune. And then how, I, I can't speak to how often possession effects happen at high level. Maybe magic jar is a common thing, which isn't mind affecting. So being immune to those is more powerful. But I don't know. I feel like the phantom should have a capstone because level 17 was the last ability our phantom got. I think this is kind honestly kind of lame. I sat here for yeah. three levels, not getting anything new. And that's like, oh, well, I guess I'm immune to some things that already never affected me. I see where they were going with it, what they were trying to hit the flavor of. But I agree with you. I guess what's the big bonus to this is that you could phantom recall at high levels knowing you're being targeted by this like someone's casting a spell at you you do a spellcraft check and you're like oh no that's soul punch he's gonna punch my soul repeatedly and it's gonna hurt you can phantom recall your phantom back into your mind and now you're immune so it's kind of like on-demand immunity to these things. Well, Christian, are there any favored class bonuses worth mentioning? A lot of the favored class bonuses for spiritualists work like animal companion classes. There's a lot that say your phantom get an additional hit point. Your phantom gets an additional skill point. Some of the more unique ones is dwarf. Your phantom's slam attack damage goes up by one-fourth. So if you want a damaging attack phantom, Dwarf is a very good option. And they have a bonus to Wisdom anyway, which makes them a natural contender for this class. Tengu, another race with a benefit to Wisdom, the phantom gets plus one-sixth of a new feat, a bonus feat. 
So every six levels, your phantom gets another feat, could probably enable some cool feat chains that you otherwise wouldn't be able to get that early in the game, or just in general, make your phantom more powerful. The other neat one was the Wangang. Uh, they add one fourth to the number of rounds the phantom could be out of line of effect before being sent back to the ethereal plane. So if you want to use the broken ghost scout ability, the Wangang is going to be able to keep the ghost scouting for longer. Not bad. Is there any benefit to multiclassing with the spiritualist? I'd say similar to the summoner, not really, because your phantom scaling ability is based solely on your spiritualist level, and unlike animal companions, there is no feat that I'm aware of or ability that I'm aware of that says increase the effective level of your phantom up to your character level. So I would say this is, is strictly a bad class to, hmm, maybe not. Let me think. I mean, even if you're like a summoner, you can't have him and the Edelon out at the same time. Just like you have, you can't have an Edelon and another summon. It, it's not even going to help you well with other summoner kind of classes. So if you do a one level dip, you're you're getting a phantom in your brain that gives you some bonuses to uh, saves and such. Gives you some skill focuses. And you can bring it to life. You can manifest it. It only has like six hit points at level one. But you have a ghost that you could just throw through a wall once... You know, it just goes through a wall. Maybe it gets killed. It gets sent back to Ethereal Plane. What do you care? It was a level one dip. That's what you did it for. So maybe not terrible, but I think overall for multiclassing, this would be a difficult thing to take advantage of. I think the Spiritualist does benefit from variant multiclassing. I don't see a lot of options as a Spiritualist as to what to do with my feats, because typically I'm focusing around my Phantom, I believe. So if you are running that kind of Spiritualist, one that is focusing much more on the Phantom... You can give up your feats to get some other class abilities. One of the cooler ones I've seen is you can variant multi-class rogue, giving up your level 7 feat for sneak attack, and you and your phantom can sneak attack buddies for each other. Get your hatred phantom, it has sneak attack, you have sneak attack, throw it around, flank people, it's pretty cool. When I built my spiritualist, I took an archetype called Shadow Caller, and he pretty much removed all the mechanically good things for flavorful things. And things that deal with light level, which is every GM's favorite thing for the player to shunt on them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I picked it because of how flavorful it is. This thing is complicated. There are annoying things they do where they talk about the same thing in two different sources. If you look at your phantom class ability description, it talks about different things that you don't get when you get the phantom and it's confusing until you see it, you know, readdress later and you're like, okay, now I, I get the partially manifested. It mentioned it at level one when it said phantom. It got very confusing for me. I had to write out, here in our notes, Christian writes out for each level what we get. I essentially had to do this for myself so I knew what all my bonuses were at any given time. I have a, a little over a page worth of cheat sheet that tells me what bonuses I get and what it can do in each form. And that's essentially six forms, you know, because you got the ectoplasmic and the incorporeal for two different forms and then wells in my mind. Or in this case, it was in my shadow as the shadow caller. It's complicated. It's a lot to remember. It's not kineticist levels, but there's a lot of bonuses that you've got to keep track of. Or you guys get plus two to this when he's in physical, fully manifested form, but he's got to be incorporal to get that and i get it as a plus four okay well i moved in my head as a swift action now i get something completely different you guys don't get that anymore remember that don't add that to your level anymore and you're doing this all day with whenever it changes forms it's a little much 
honestly, but the flavor is there that I was willing to, to go with it. Not very powerful. I have very few spells. Like you said, the spell list isn't the best selection you've ever seen, but I can do some cool things. Uh, with my Phantom thing, I'm casting Deeper Darkness. We're getting benefits for being in darkness. Even without me casting darkness, we're getting different darkness effects with him. I've got Bestow Curse, so I can deliver that with my touch spell. My Phantom as a Shadow Caller, he does strength damage with his touch attacks, kind of like shadows do in the bestiary. And I still have some, like, I have Restoration Lesser and different things to help my allies here. But it's not a lot of great spells. At level 4, my big spells are Aura of Doom, Confusion, Etheric Shards, and Shadow Form. Okay, that's my full list for the day, and I can cast 4 a day. I like it. I like it a lot. If you're willing to sacrifice some of... If you're willing to do a little book bookkeeping. But because I didn't do the normal emotional focuses, I'm not sure how powerful they are. The archetype I picked was less powerful than... I expected. Would you say that these emotional focuses are mechanically sound? I mean, I think like any option-based thing, there are some that are good, there's some that are not as good. I think it's anger and hatred kind of stand out amongst them as the more powerful because they're all, they're the offensive ones. My biggest scaring thing is that I have to be in combat. We're getting a lot of bonuses to AC and stuff when I partially manifested or even when it's level 12, when it's, you know, fully manifested, I'm still getting some bonuses. But I am scared of having to be in combat with this thing when I'm a caster. I do agree with what you said. On an organizational level, the spiritualist is kind of, a, I want to say a mess, but it was difficult for me making the notes. It's quite possible there's something the spiritualist does or the phantom does that I missed because you do have to reference back and forth between the Phantom page and the Spiritualist page of different abilities that call upon each other to understand how they interact. There is some scaling the Phantom has that I didn't explicitly mention that I didn't really feel like is necessary, but do know that the Phantom does do more damage over time. It does get more DR over time, things like that. But overall, my opinion of the Spiritualist is I feel Paizo was really, really scared of repeating the mistakes that they made with the original Summoner, and the Spiritualist suffered for that. They're a six-level caster, and you really feel how poor their spell list kind of pans out. Whereas with the Summoner, they were like, yes, this is a six-level casting class, but we're going to give them, they're, we're going to let them cheat. They're going to get a few things a little early. They're going to get a pretty robust list. Uh, they did not do that with the Spiritualist. The Spiritualist is pretty not great. The Phantom itself can be powerful, but it is not an Eidolon. It is explicitly weaker than an Eidolon, I believe. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Overall, for all this complication, it's mostly static bonuses. Like, all the complicated bits that you mentioned, Caleb, were the static bonuses. One, it's in my brain. I have to remember what bonuses it confers. And then when it's manifested in a certain form, me and my allies have to remember what static bonuses it confirms. But when I actually went through building a spiritualist, I ended up keep asking myself the question, what do I actually do, though? Like, what is my thing? <laughs> what do I actually do? And you really have to carve your own way through to find out what you do, because you got to make it up yourself. The spiritualist doesn't. The phantom's going to be punching things, but you as a spiritualist, you're like, I'm kind of an okay buffer slash debuffer, but if I really want to flank with my spiritualist, I got to try really hard to make a build that's going to be conducive to that. I think those are some of the things that are automatically sort of pushed your way is you want to make your phantom martial combat and you buff it and allies with spells. You want to make it a debuffer. It gets incorporal. You deliver negative touch spells or you want to make it a buffer and you deliver your touch benefit spells with it. I think these are sort of the three ways it's kind of pushing you to. And I do believe that 
the Spiritus is an excellent class flavor-wise. I think it really, through its mechanics, spell out what it's like to have this phantom. I think the marrying of mechanics and flavor here is excellent. I just think overall the mechanics are kind of weak. The fan- the spiritualist, like I said, just doesn't do much. They cast some spells, they kind of hurt people with their phantom, but there's nothing that they do that's over the top and super powerful and say the, the spiritualist is the de facto class, you go to do this. It's like, eh, you got this cool spirit that's really cool and you gotta kind of figure out what you do yourself. Have fun reading through archetypes because things are spread out through multiple class abilities. When you get an archetype and replaces one thing, it also has to like, oh, it also changes your phantom thing and your spirit ability and your dual bond. It's a little bit weird and hard to parse through at times. All I have to say, if I had to boil it down like one sentence, needlessly complicated for the benefits you actually get, but very flavorful. And I hope I haven't played it yet, but it'll be fun. (laughs) In our extra credit, we're going to go over each of the phantoms emotional manifestations and what they get as they level up. Look forward to Phantom Recalls coming to theaters in mm-hmm. fourth quarter 2018. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great RPG podcasts, visit our website, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? Email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. This episode was edited by Devin Tonell. This is Johan Martins. Thanks for listening.